In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of my best friends is a nun, or as she calls herself, a religious. And she has been part of the Immaculate Heart of Mary order for over 30 years. We became friends because we took a spiritual direction class together, and we've been friends for about eight years. I'd never really known a nun or a religious uh, very closely, and I had no idea kind of how their lives were and what, what their lives were like, but uh, she's been wonderful in sharing with me, and we've been sharing with her. And I can remember the first Christmas time came around, and I said, well, Nancy, what are you doing for Christmas? And she said, oh, I'm, I'm going home to see the earthly parents. I said, oh, <laughs> that's sort of a spin on parenting. The earthly parents. I thought, oh, that kind of made me stop and think about and reflect on what is the difference between earthly parents and heavenly parents. Well, we all have earthly parents. That's something we all have in common. And our earthly parents, when we're born, have total, complete control and power over us. Because as infants, we're helpless. We're dependent on our earthly parents, number one, to be born in the first place, number two, for survival, for food, for warmth, for clothing, for protection. When you're an infant, you gotta stay where they put you which for parents is a good thing, but maybe not so for infants. But it's a relationship of total power and control over the child. But as we all know, if the child is fed and nurtured, the child begins to grow. They begin to walk, unless you put ankle weights on them, which I recommend. And they begin to go where they want to go. And they begin to do what they want to do. And then they get into that no stage. And they, they progress through life and become more and more independent. And as children grow, they begin to see that the parent, who was godlike to them, having total, complete control and power over them, doesn't necessarily have total, complete power over them. That they can make choices, that they can do things, that as they grow in their independence, they become more and more on their own. And as we all know, it becomes necessary for the growing child to break up from the parents, to go off on their own, to be kicked out of the nest, so to speak. And for some, that's a difficult transition. So the more irritating they can be to the parent, and the parent gets irritated, and the kid gets irritated, then it's easier to separate. So we go through that piece of life we call adolescence, and we all do it differently. Well, this is the one and only story in the Bible of Jesus, other than as an infant or as an adult, beginning his ministry. Luke is the only gospel writer who gives us this coming-of-age story. And like most adolescents, Jesus wasn't traveling with his parents because who would want to be seen with their parents? I notice some of you are here with your parents. I will keep that under the stole. 
who would want to be seen with their parents? So Jesus is off with his buddies, traveling home from Jerusalem, so it wasn't odd that they didn't notice he was missing. Well, when they stopped to camp for the night, they did notice he wasn't in the crowd, and they didn't know where to find him. So they go back to Jerusalem, and finally they find him in the temple. And he's got a little attitude. His mother's anxious. I, I don't know where you were. How could you have done this? I've been looking and searching for you. And he's like, Mom, I'm in my father's house, my heavenly father's house. Like, whoa. Why wouldn't you think of looking for me here? So Luke tells us in no uncertain terms that Jesus knows who he is connecting himself to. As he separates from his parents, he goes and he connects himself to his heavenly father, the father that he finds in the temple. Now, how do we connect to God? It's not like we go to the temple or we go to the church and God is standing here or sitting here able to talk to God, to see God, to feel God, to touch God. No, that's not how it happens. He, Jesus goes to the temple, and what does he do? He questions the teachers in the temple. You remember nothing else from this sermon. This is the point to remember. It's important to question. Not to sit and accept and listen and hear and take at face value or literally or figuratively or metaphorically what is happening, but to ask questions. That's what Jesus was doing. He was puzzling through the stories of his own tradition to connect himself to God, to the Heavenly Father. And it's important in Luke's gospel to understand that that's who Jesus is connected to because all the rest of the things that Jesus does comes from the Heavenly Father that he connects to through his questioning. Now, when we come of age as adolescents and we go off, sometimes we go off and we are not grounded. We are not connected to anything. And we search around to connect to something, and sometimes it's the culture we connect to. We set our expectations about our life based on what we see in movies or on TV or what we read in books or what we think we're observing around us. And that might get us through until we have a spiritual coming of age, an awakening that typically happens in life as a crisis, where something occurs in our life that we cannot fit into the context that we have come up with for ourselves. Whether we get to a point and we think, well, is this all there is? What does life mean? Or something happens. We lose a job. We are betrayed by someone close. Somebody dies whose death we can't understand or begin to figure out. And we grasp and we try to figure out how do we put meaning to this? How do we live into this? What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to be? How can we express what's going on? That's the time to question. 
to ask those questions, to puzzle through, to struggle with the story that we are given in our tradition. Because all the stories of Jesus, all the parables, all the stories that we know are stories that invite questions, that help us figure out a way to go, a path, a direction. It's a, it's a narrative that is an umbrella that we can get under, live into, that will help us. A friend of mine whose mother was dying of cancer spent hours and hours in the hospital. And people had, the doctors had said, well, she's getting close, but she hung on, and she hung on. And the friend refused to leave, although her, her friends were telling her, you, you need to go home, you need to get some rest, you need to go take a shower. She wouldn't leave her mother's bedside. And pretty soon, her friends all left. And there she was, left alone, waiting with her mother. And she felt isolated and alone and betrayed by her friends who had kind of deserted her in this most intense moment of need. The nurses were there and they would bring her a blanket or come and talk and sit with her, bring her drinks of water in the morning, bring her a cup of coffee. And eventually her mother did die, but she had a very difficult time afterwards because of this sense of betrayal and isolation from her friends. And so she finally went back to church and she was sitting in church alone one day after the service and the priest came up to her and said, What's the matter? And she told the priest the story. And the priest said, oh, it's like being in the garden. She had no idea. Being in the garden? And the priest went on to explain, yes, the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus knows what that's like. Jesus was alone in the garden. His friends fell asleep. He felt isolated and betrayed. But the priest took out the gospel book and read her the story. And at the end of the story, it said that God sent angels to minister to Jesus in the garden. She said, and the priest said to the woman, who do you think the angels were? And she thought, the nurses. Yes, angels are messengers from God. The nurse came and ministered to you while you were in the garden. And all of a sudden, this understanding came over this woman that God understands what it's like to go through anything that we go through because Jesus lived as one of us. But the difference most of the time is that Jesus was connected because as a young person he questioned and he struggled and he dealt with the stories. And that Jesus is connected to God, and it's through the stories that we have of Jesus that we in turn can be connected to God and understand our life within the higher narrative of Jesus Christ, who came to be with us, to experience what we experience, so that we know that that level of understanding is there from God, and showed us this alternative way of living, which is one of love, that goes beyond even death.